For our first message, we have a sermonette from Mr. Matthew Steele entitled, Gifts to Men, based on Ephesians 4-7. Mr. Steele. get used to the welcome mat up here. Good afternoon. Who here has ever received a gift? Really? The rest of you have not received gifts. Nobody loves you. I'm going to have to take names and get you some gifts. This is sad. Surely we've all received gifts. Who's ever regifted the? No, no, we won't. <clears throat> We're not going to ask that. So we like gifts, don't we? Presents, birthday gifts, or just gifts because gifts. They're an expression of love. They're an expression of appreciation sometimes for something we may have done for somebody. Gifts are good to receive. Sometimes gifts are fun, you know, the, the gag gifts. And other times they really do express an intimate feeling and an intimate emotion, love, thanks. A gift, when given and received in love, can convey sometimes more meaning than maybe we're capable of communicating with words. Gifts are special. Now I want you to imagine that you've been given a gift by God. Shouldn't really be very hard, right? Because you have been given a gift by God. Now obviously, a gift of salvation, of his amazing grace, as my, my tie here today says. But beyond that, he's also given us a very special gift. A gift that is unique to each one of us. A gift that he has set aside just for us. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy in the calling by which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean that he must also have first descended to the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers 
for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the, of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, and to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. We are very familiar with this passage. Beautiful passage. And so much in here. In fact, I spent an entire sermon on this a few what, months ago and didn't scratch the surface. A tremendous amount in here. But what I would ask you to consider today is the gifts. The gifts that are mentioned here. This giving of gifts. It's important. They're for some specific needs, for specific reasons. Paul says that the Savior, the one who came down from heaven, I mean, he's, he's setting this context. He's saying it's not just God's got a, you know, a salt shaker out here and he's just scattering gifts on men. He's being very deliberate. The person that came down to the earth, sacrificed himself, died, was raised again and went to heaven, and is now reigning in all authority and all power, gave gifts to you. That's what he's saying. Gave gifts to us. Something else he's also saying. By the fact that he's underscoring and underlining the fact that it's Jesus that gives the gifts. It is not given by an apostle. It is not given by a disciple. It's not given even by a minister. It's not given by the membership. It's given by Christ to each one of us. Gifts are given from him to you. Now, they may be recognized by others, and that's good. But sometimes they may not be recognized by others. And that makes a challenge. Certainly Paul experienced that in the early part of his ministry. Where did he get his authority to speak? From Jesus. Not from Jerusalem, not from all the other apostles. He had his work from Jesus. He was given gifts. But whether anyone recognizes the gifts, it doesn't change the fact that they are given to us. So, to each one of us, Jesus has given as a gift. So I want us to consider what that gift might be, some attributes of that gift. They're uniquely customized to you. If it was just a generic gift, then it would just say, gift to men. But it says gifts. And it goes on to list some of the categories in which people serve and have to have gifts in order to serve in those capacities. But I want you to remember something. When Paul was writing this, there was no such thing as the internet. So there was no need for anybody to have the gift of creating websites to evangelize the world, right? There was no need for anybody like, like Brian back there to be projecting words on a screen. Because you would have been tied to a pole if you'd have walked around with a projector and some kind of witchcraft, what are you doing with that? It just didn't enter the mind. And so now, today, we have need for other gifts, unique gifts. 
that are not listed here. But of course, they all come under the judgment of the Word of God, whether they're right and true. So we have these gifts, and they're unique. They're unique to us. They're unique to the role that God wants us to play. There are gifts, I think, that are given to us so that we can grow, but also so that we can serve, so that we can produce. They're fashioned just for us. But more than just for our personal edification and our strength, and even just for the family, the church, the body of Christ, they are also for the world that we are gifts to the world when we are in Christ and when we exercise that gift. It's a big responsibility and it sounds awfully large and maybe a little, you know, self-centered to say it, but it's not us, is it? It's Christ in us. Gifts are vital. Gifts can actually change the course of somebody's life. I was given a gift one time by my parents, and that led me into a career that changed the course of my life. It led me into computer science and technology, and now for 22 years, I've been making my living in technology from one gift. Gifts can be powerful. God the Father and Jesus Christ have given us gifts so that we can use them for those around us. But let me ask you this. If he's given us a gift, if the God that came down to this earth saved us and has gone again up on high in all power, gave us a gift, how would he feel if we say, oh, thank you. I'll just put it in this drawer close it up, and not ever use it. Could we look him in the eye when he says, so, uh, how are you doing with my gift? You just set it out when he comes by? You ever have any gifts like that? Oh, such such coming over. They gave me a gift. I'm not going to put it out on the shelf. It's hideous, but, you know, it's okay. Of course, God's gifts are not hideous, are they? They're a challenge. They may force us to get out of a comfort zone. They may make us do things that we don't want to do. But he's given them to us anyway. Would we not feel like we're letting him down? That we didn't do something with the gift that he gave us. Paul says it this way in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard of him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man 
which grows corrupt according to the deceits and the deceitful lusts, and be renewed by the spirit of your mind, that you put on a new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Denying our gift, putting it in a drawer, hiding it away, is just like returning to the old ways. How so? Well, is there any difference between not being given a gift and being given a gift and not using it? There really isn't, is there? Except, of course, for the difference of being held responsible for a gift that we didn't use. We have been given a gift. We can't go back. We can't put on that old man. We are new creatures with new gifts that God has given us. Now, you may say, well, it's hard. It's hard to use these gifts. You know, they're, I'm inexperienced with them. I don't exactly know how to apply them. And what's worse, people may not even accept those gifts, right? You know, people are people, and they can sometimes make assumptions about intentions and, and, and what you're trying to do, especially when you're working in a group. But you still have a gift. You have to figure out a way to use it. Sometimes people don't like gifts. And yet if we don't use those gifts, well, the body is a little less edified, isn't it? It's a little less perfected. It's a little less capable because God gave those gifts for a reason. Sometimes some of our gifts are like Brussels sprouts. Who likes Brussels sprouts? You weird people. Really? You like Brussels sprouts? Ugh, cabbage? Who likes cabbage? Oh man, the same people. All right. Well, I like neither. I'll tolerate cabbage and coleslaw, but Brussels sprouts will never pass my lips. <laughs> I have memories from about five years old, and vomit came after the Brussels sprout. Sorry. Sorry to associate that image with Brussels sprout. Just think of that next time you're reading Brussels sprout. No. But nonetheless, they are good for us, right? They have nutrients. They're beneficial to the body. But not everybody likes Brussels sprouts. Sometimes some of our gifts can be like that. Maybe somebody's gift is to help us all learn to be patient. And just swallow that Brussels sprout. It could be part of the gift, couldn't it? We don't get gifts by accident. This is deliberate. And it's for the edification of the body. It's for the benefit of us all. So, something else we should take away from that. If the majority don't like Brussels sprouts, then maybe we should consider how we're presenting our gift. If the majority don't like the way our gift comes out, then maybe we need to dollop cheese sauce on it or something to make it palatable, right? to figure out a way to how to work with people but still use our gift.
I've got a gift and I'm going to use it. That's not going to get you any friends, is it? In any organization. It's even more critical in the body of Christ. So we need to think about how we are presenting our gifts, how we're using our gifts, and take whatever steps necessary to use our gifts and make it palatable to the body. And then there's another thing about gifts. We really need to be honest with ourselves. Because sometimes we would like to have a certain gift, and we don't. We've all been there, right? In different things. I really wish I could do that. I'm going to give that a whirl. And just keep forcing it and forcing it, and maybe that's not your gift. And there's a possibility that in one sense, you're stealing that gift from somebody else. Because you're filling that spot where somebody else that does have that gift could be effective. We have to be honest about our gifts. Our limitations and our strengths. And then probably the final point I want to make about gifts is that we must recognize sometimes the application of these gifts can cause disruption. We can inadvertently step on toes. We should be wary, wary of that. We should be aware of that. But as the body, when somebody is exercising their gift, which is manifested to everybody and is beneficial for us all, but sometimes it causes you know, a little consternation, then that's why Paul says what he says next in verse 25. Maybe a little later. But we'll read this section. He says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak with truth to his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Yeah, you can get frustrated with somebody running around using their gift and maybe not being quite so aware of how it's coming across. But don't sin. Figure it out. Work it out. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Man, have I learned lessons about that one. Too many sleepless nights because I was mad at somebody that has no idea I was even mad at them. I mean, isn't that ridiculous? This one will extend your life. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Don't undermine one another or question each other's gifts. That's the way I think of it. But instead, say what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted and forgiving one another when they start using their gifts and don't realize that the presentation isn't the best. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God 
in Christ forgave you. One time I spoke on gifts, and I had somebody come up to me really quite frustrated and said, well, what is my gift exactly? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm worried about my gifts. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to God about it. Explore that with God. And that was kind of my answer. And well, maybe it was partially right. But there's something else in there. There's something else to that. Which is that we can help one another identify gifts. Because sometimes it's easier for us to see it in somebody else than they see it in themselves. That is critical. That is important. Encouraging one another. Caring for one another. Saying, you know, I can see a gift in you, and I think you should explore it. I don't exactly know where it's going, but you should try it. Well, what if that's not my gift and I make mistakes? And I really like that quote from Winston Churchill. He says, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. What is... It is the courage to continue that counts. And we should use that in the light of our gifts. Give it a whirl. Okay, <laughs> that's definitely not my gift. At least you know not to go down that road anymore. But just try. Especially if you're seeking, especially if you're uncertain of where your gifts lie. God has given gifts to each one of us. The question is, what are you going to do with yours?